0: Hi guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. On the channel, we have got podcast interviews and content on all sorts of subjects, from football to mental health, MMA, boxing, movies, TV, conspiracy theories, and a bit of uh, bit of everything. We've also got a unique series, which is uh, unscripted and uncensored, where you, the people, ask the guests the questions, and uh, we released one of those shows earlier today with uh, my co-host for today. But uh, it was a, an unscripted and uncensored show. It was a lot of fun. We talked uh, all sorts of stuff. We talked Philip Kisses tackling. We talked <laughs> Juan Carla not being able to take a joke. Um, I can't even remember. There's so much stuff. Boris Johnson, I think we talked about all sorts of stuff. Um, so check that out after you've watched this. It's uh, on the YouTube page. It's on the podcasting page if you prefer to listen We also have our series My Story, which uh, we've released two episodes so far, which is the first one was with former England cricketer Chris Lewis and the second one was with Foyles International, Reese Weston. And uh, later this week, probably next Sunday or this coming Sunday, we have WBO former world champion Mr Robbie Regan joining us for that series. And uh, we've got loads of loads of shows coming up. We've got an MMA show on Wednesday looking at UFC 2. And uh, also Saraba versus Royler Gracie. And then next week we're looking at Joe Kazagi versus Roy Jones Jr. All sorts of stuff to keep you busy. All sorts of shows and lots of very interesting guests included. I'm recording a show with Lofty from EastEnders next week, which I'm quite looking forward to because that'll be a lot of fun. Um, as you can see to my left is not Andy Campbell. Andy Campbell's still away on assignment. We have the legend that is former Scottish international, Cardiff City hero, Mr. Kevin McNaughton. How are you, my friend?
1: Yeah, all good. Just um, obviously getting a bit bored of being in the house, but plodding along.
0: Yeah, it's plodding along indeed. Running the running the the liquor dry is uh, <laughs> we were just saying, like kind of running out of alcohol in my house is like down to like the gift sets of odd bottles of beer and stuff that um it's
1: becoming yeah, hard it's now just, to actually decide what day you're supposed to drink and <laughs> yeah really what time what time yeah what time at are... <laughs> is there any room yeah you
0: know if there's if there's no work and there's no there's no school is ten o'clock in the morning too early? Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got a few a few, a few people in the live chat on Facebook and and YouTube. Gaz says hello. Uh Richie says hello, Pit Pe- Peaches, Ian David. We have a beard off. Yeah, we just last week we discovered that uh me and Kevin have both got grey beards. Look at the, the isolation is not helping with those. Yeah. Uh, I think they like give it a couple of months. They could be like Father Christmas length beards, but there we go. Yeah. So yeah, we got to look, we're gonna we're gonna try and keep it uh like football focused, uh no pun intended, because we're fed up with talking about COVID nineteen and stuff, because it is just what it is at the moment. Everyone's locked at home. Um but I am just gonna quickly say if you're going for a picnic in the park or to the beach, while the rest of us are staying at home with our kids going insane. You are a massive asshole, And uh, that's all I will say about that. Because I could talk about that for about an hour. Because it's quite frustrating. But there we go. Um, and also, while we're on the subject of assholes, uh, I suppose, Kyle Walker, much like Jack Grealish, Last week, put a tweet out and like must have scheduled posts on his social media to say, you know, encouraging everyone to stay home and stay safe, which you know, it's the right message. And then proceeded to hire two ladies of the night to, to come to his home and have a, a special party. Which you know, he's the second footballer in a week who's had to apologize for saying one thing and then kind of doing the other thing. At least he stayed at home though, Kev. I suppose there is that,
1: <sighs> yeah. I suppose, but how many homes in the other way he's been at though?
0: <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's it, it. You guys, no, I don't even know where to go with that. Like, but yeah, you're right, it's, it is what it is. But it's like, I get that it's like really frustrating to stay at home, but like. In all fairness, I'm pretty sure I'd find it a lot easier if I had like a swimming pool and a jacuzzi and a gym and a football pitch and a, everything else within yeah. my property. And um I don't know. Yeah. Old celebrities yeah. are finding it a bit difficult, aren't they? They're just struggling a bit, aren't they? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I was half half expecting you.
1: i made sorry. It's, I, I don't really get it. I don't really see the... No, it's, it's it's not fun, but, you know, you find ways of getting around it. It's not the, the hardest thing in the world to just stay in your house. No, There's tougher things to be doing to save lives. Sitting in the house is not really the, the toughest thing in the world to do, <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, no, it's not exactly hard, is it? It's yeah. like... Um, what did someone say? Someone said to me the other day, like... Your grandparents and their grandparents were like going off to wars and stuff and leaving their family behind for like a year and all this sort of stuff. And like, really, all you're being asked to do is stay at home and spend some time with your kids, watch Netflix and drink. Yeah. You know, so about sure really. you can manage.
1: Pretty good at that. But, yeah, it? it is. Yeah, what it is. I've been over the last year and a bit since retiring, I'm pretty good at tossing about. <laughs> I'm kind of mad. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Professional
0: Professional (laughs) at that Uh, John John Casey says I want silver hair too We all do We all do Um, And I still I said last week I had made that clip Of um, the chanting and stuff Your song and I still can't get it Small enough to fit into this Show which is really frustrating Because Like obviously it's on the um, Unscripted and uncensored show Yeah but because I was recorded, I could oh use a slightly. <laughs> my wife's laughing at some filthy jo- joke. Oh <laughs> no! There, <we go>. um, <laughs> there we go. It's live. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's completely thrown me. Um. Yeah, um not a great deal of stories going around like Carl Walker when I just found a bit like irritating and hypocritical. I like I was ready to give Liverpool a bit of a rant about placing their non playing staff on uh, furlough uh, and taking yeah. you know using the 80 the government grant, but um, someone texted me literally about 10 minutes before we were about to start to say that uh they've completely reversed the decision and apologised so I can't rant about it, however what I will say Jamie Carragher made a really good point about this was that before they did that Liverpool had done quite a lot of good in terms of the virus, like Jurgen Klopp very early on was saying, you know, football's not important football, we've got to make sure we keep the fans safe, we got to keep the staff safe we've got to keep the players safe, that's more important than, you know, winning the league or Playing the football matches, um, and then obviously Jordan Henderson was phoning around the captains of the Premier League teams to try and sort out wage cuts and fundraising for the NHS—all mm-hmm. fantastic things. Then Liverpool yeah. announced that they'd made a massive profit. I can't remember what it was, but it was like I think it, I think it was about forty million profit. I think might have even been more yeah. than that. Um, and then about. A few days later, they announced that they were placing all non-playing staff on this furlough, which is basically means that... I think. It, I think it means they're going to pay a small portion of their salary, and then the government makes up the rest, like eighty percent of it, mm. which obviously comes out of, you know, taxpayers' money.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Joe blogs, and I think it's in poor taste, or it was in poor taste. Obviously, they've gone back on it.
1: I think the problem is that it's it's there for. Companies that are really struggling and who are, you got to go bust, basically, well, borderline bust. You know, they're going. People will lose their jobs if they don't do it. But in Liverpool's case, it's, it's not that case. So, don't see why they had to do it. But listen, they've, it's, they've turned it around now. So, I think it was. I think it was down to supporters as well as I think the manager actually played a part and actually getting it turned around as well. So, she's good.
0: Yeah, it is good, and I think like I didn't see very many liverpool fans defending it I got to say on social media there's yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of uh, liverpool fans criticizing the club for it and obviously it probably didn't help that man city and man united announced in the last couple of days since liverpool announced that they were doing it that they were going to pay all their staff full and they were paying the match day staff an average mm-hmm. of so that probably didn't help with the the pressure that they felt you know the pressure they were under but the main thing is they've you know they've returned the decision and they've done the right thing um but i think it's also worth saying that just because uh football clubs generally you know are quite it's quite a rich business in terms of the amount of money they charge and make and etc not all football clubs are in a position to to pay all their you know their staff their players yeah. in this time you know some football clubs particularly lower down the leagues they rely heavily on gates and merchandise and you know and food and drinks and yeah. things like this to, to pay their players they're the they're the kind of clubs which you want to see using this grant because i said to andy a couple of weeks ago if one football club goes bust because of, well, during this virus then we've all kind of failed because you know just because they're a football club they're just in exactly the same position as your you know your local businesses or your yeah. whatever, you know all businesses
1: yeah no, nah, definitely. I think um, there's clubs that obviously run month by month on what they actually bring in. So it's clubs like that who are really going to struggle, and especially even at you know lower leagues and uh, non-league and things like that. There's there's going to be clubs that are going to be killing the, the pinch, you know, trying to keep guys, guys signed up and keep guys on board. So it's difficult. But like you say, it's a business as well. There's people.
0: Oh, Kev, you're breaking up, mate. Massively. Kev's frozen. He's frozen in time. Uh, He'll be back in a minute. He'll have to go back out. He'll have to go out and back in again. Um, But he'll come back in a minute. Super Kev. Uh, Yeah, so you can leave questions for Kevin in the live chat, whether it's Facebook, we're on Periscope as well today, uh YouTube leave your comments for Super Kev and uh we'll we'll answer them as we go along um uh, just while we wait for Kev to come back uh he might have to reboot his computer so get involved in the the live chat and then we can uh I'll just keep us going until he comes back basically um so yeah Kev we'll just wait for Kev to come back who's got lots of people in the live chats and the various things. So, uh, say hello and uh, whatnot. not going to talk about... Uh, we're going to finish talking about this. We're going to talk about Wayne Rooney criticising some of the, the calls for footballers to take a 30% wage cut. Because um, not all footballers are in the position to deal with that. I'll guess that in just a sec. I'm oh, back. Sorry. Young, super Kev is back.
1: Apologies, I think it's... I'll tell you about and sticks and internet. It's not the best.
0: Anti-Campal Championship t-shirt. Here he is, he's back. All right, my friends? Yeah. Should we I'm last you there?
1: Yeah. Can't... Dodgy internet. I think that's... Yes, what you get for
0: living living in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Middle of nowhere, so... Seems to be all right now. I'm so... Yeah, no, it's... Uh... It Sometimes happens, don't it? My wife just said um, that I booted you out because someone said we were having a beard competition. <laughs> Shocking! I, got a I never do such a thing.
1: I got a message from a mate the other day saying you're going to look like a wizard by the thing this film and <laughs> It's lockdowns over. Yeah, you
0: just, just you <laughs> have to wear like a like a Gandalf hat yeah. and you'd just be <laughs> superb. <laughs> just like a big long pointy pointy beard. I'm, I'm thinking if the lockdown goes for like a year or something, I might just grow like a like a braided beard just for the the hell of it, like just just to see what happens. Um so Ian David just asked, Are we closer to the season getting cancelled? Um so this is something which I've been quite vocal about over the last few weeks with you last week and with Andy. Previous to that, um, like to me, I just don't think it's important. I think it should already have been binned off, simply because it's just not that important. But I sent um, I sent you an image the other day of all the um, yeah. all the different le- leagues around Europe and uh, just everything from below. So everything below the national league is uh, the null and void the national mm. league is suspended indefinitely serie a spain germany italy portugal they're all suspended indefinitely euros have been moved to next year champions league europa league all indefinitely suspended except the premier league the efl and the scottish premier league um and to me i can't, it's just a bad luck because i just think it it stinks of like a money grab rather than Trying to do what's right and feels like they're more concerned with trying to get the TV money or ensure they get the TV money rather than what's perhaps right. And like we discussed, you know, just now off air, is we're getting to a point now where if it drags on another couple of weeks, there's just not going to be enough time to finish the season and we're going to have to bin it.
1: Thing is, we'll get to the end of this month and then. If they're still in the same situation they are now then there's a slim chance of getting the season finish. I understand that's it's probably what I want. I, I want the season to finish, but it's just becoming impossible now. It's, I mean it'd be it'd be great to see it finish, but it's, it's not it doesn't it's not gonna happen. You know, the safety issues, there's all sorts of issues that are gonna you know, this it's this not clearing up anything soon, so um for me They'll make a decision in this month, I think, and it'll just be cancelled. I can't see any other way, but you know, you never know. But I I just can't see it. I Can't see it at all.
0: No, I, I I don't. And um, I know some people, like a couple of people, have said that the only reason I want the season cancelled is because of like Liverpool and Leeds and this and that and the other. But people forget Cardiff are still in a chance with going up in the playoffs. So. Mm -hmm. It's not that I want the season to finish. Um, I just don't think that everything else and all the other leagues should be disrupted and decimated to ensure that Liverpool win the league or to that Leeds go up or, you know, whatever, or West Ham stay in the Premier League. You know, whatever it may be, whatever the situation, I don't think that we should put the Premier League over everyone else. Um it's just my opinion, obviously, but like to me,
1: for me, I think they're just delaying it. They're leaving a decision that's just going to eventually have to be made. So I think all that they're doing is they're delaying this decision because of the controversy that will cause. That's it. So they're leaving it as long as they can to the point but it's just going to be, it's going to be impossible to get any fixture done. So they'll, they'll be left with the decision just to cancel it. So I think they're just trying to cover their own backs. To be honest with you, give it as much chance as they can. Yeah. But can't see
0: it. I think as well, the other the other side of it is do they if they would clubs prefer if they said it now so they all know where they stand and yeah. maybe they could open the transfer window, open the transfer window now until September and say, Right, you've got extra time to get your contracts, your everything in order. Let's make sure that everything's you know, run smoothly and set up for next year because the longer it goes on
1: let's be honest, it might actually affect the start of next season.
0: Oh god yeah. I um like when you think of it, there's it doesn't seem to be any I don't want to be like all doom and gloom and like though there's no hope. There's no hope. But you know, I don't think it's end this the this situation isn't ending anytime soon, should we say. Um yeah. so you know it is what it is. Um, guys, you can send your questions in as you're going along, On obviously, you know, we'll answer them, or Kev will answer them as we're going along. Um, if you could drop a thumbs up on the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're there, that will be amazing. The best way to support the channel and the show. Um, we think Andy, for those of you who have just joined in, obviously, that's not Andy Campbell, that is Kevin McNaughton, ex Cardiff City and Scotland defender. Uh, Andy should be back next week, but it's still the Andy Campbell Show or the uh, the Andy McNaughton Show, as I called it the other day. But uh, there we go. Um, another another uh, story which caught my eye was Wayne Rooney uh, had a bit of a act. Uh, I don't know if it was directed at people generally or at the media, but he basically said why a footballer is being targeted. To take a thirty percent pay pay cut across the board, because not every footballer can afford to take a thirty percent pay cut.
1: No, it's just like any other job. It's just, you know, there's there's guys who are at the top end of the scale who probably wouldn't feel it as much as any other boys, but there's guys who are working, you know, the bottom end of the scale who are and just surviving like everybody else. So. I don't. I don't see how they could do that. I could see, maybe see a certain beyond a certain amount of money you year. Maybe then well, look to take a percentage from that.
0: Um, so, Ian, who's uh, in the live chat currently, he sent me a message earlier, and he made a really good point. In that, um, one of the things people forget is that footballers, the majority of Premier League footballers, pay, I think, fifty percent tax yeah. on their wages. Yeah. So, like, I know it's still an absorbent amount of money. So, but like a footballer on 100 grand a week actually it only gets, I know that sounds ridiculous, only gets 50 grand a week. But what I mean by that is like in the coffers of the government. So, yeah. And that's it. And if you're taking that away, that's more, that's less money going into the taxes pool. Um, you know, and there's various ways that they could do it. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong, there's some footballers who could go a month without a penny and mm. it wouldn't make any difference to their life whatsoever, but not all footballers,
1: you know, not all, especially... The only, when way, you get the, out. The only fair and just way would, would be to, to take a percentage from people who earn over a certain amount of money across the board. You, couldn't, you, you can't just you can't just pick an industry and say, look, nah, you know what, because they're in the public eye, we'll just go, we'll go for them because it looks... Because they are kinda you're seen as doing not enough anyway and getting overpaid as it is. Yeah. So. Um but you can say that about other people who are not in the spotlight, so
0: yeah, and I saw um so Aaron Ramsey made two two uh two donations to an NHS charity uh, recently. I think it was like a hundred two lots of a hundred grand, I think. Uh I might that might be wrong, it might have been ten grand, so I probably, I don't know which way around it was. But two big chunks of uh, of yeah. money to the nhs and like he made this donation without you know without you know, off his own back completely yeah. and then i went into the comments expecting it to be full of praise and all you know that's a really nice thing to do because it was a really good thing to do yeah. he didn't have to do it and it was full of people saying oh only 10 grand or, or whatever 100 grand or whatever it was he earned so much money how how can he only give that much and i, I couldn't believe my eyes because I was just like, he can't win. Footballers can't win in many aspects because if they don't donate, uh, so my, my wife, my assistant, just told me it's 10 grand each. So, like, it's still 20 grand. Now, I get that that's in terms of his wages, is not a massive amount, but it's still a lot of money. 20,000 pounds is a lot of money to just give away.
1: Yeah, that's right, you need to put in the context of things is a lot of money, so it's not peanuts he's just thrown about. I get that yeah, yeah, people just people do, people look at guys' wages and just think, you know, I should <laughs> should just go straight off of that, you know, but it's, it's just like anybody else, everybody's trying to make money. Trying to look after the family, you know. It's the same with him. You see that he's he's given as much as he thought he was able to give, so it's more than a lot of other people. A lot of people can give, still give money. You know, people, maybe not, not wealthy, but they could give five, I could give like, a tenner. You know, it's so it's relevant. Still any of these, the people who are moaning at them, have any of them give any, any I give a penny. That's uh, it, man. that's it. Huh? It's yeah, bomb. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating because I just felt, I felt like if I was in reading that, those comments, I'd be feel a bit like, well, oh, why the hell did I bother? Because like it's almost like and I know he wouldn't have because like I know, I know a, for
1: a fact he wouldn't have cared anyway, so no, no of
0: course yeah. he didn't do it for the um like he didn't announce or oh, I've donated this you money might, to find there would be a lot of there'd be a lot
1: of people who have donated who have not said a thing
0: Yeah. And I he didn't announce that he'd done it, it was just because it was on a just Giving page and I think they show up. And uh, Ian David just said twenty thousand pound could buy the NHS like twenty thousand face masks, so they've actually got protection for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Kelly says uh, if we were if we were to make that donation proportional to our wages, I think people would struggle to do it. So people should be ha- just be happy for what he gave, which is true. Yeah, you know, if you worked it out to everyone's wages and gave the same percentage, of- I bet people would be like, oh, I don't, want to, I don't want to give that much. But it is what it is. Uh, we had a question. Where was that question gone? Uh, Leslie says, I missed the first 20 minutes and he's changed a bit. Uh, um, oh, there it was. Uh, Gav says, uh, does Kev think that the season should be null and void and start again, basically? Or should they finish it as it is now, today?
1: I wouldn't finish it. Well, I... I think it's got to be null and void. I wouldn't finish it. I wouldn't just say, right, that's it because there's just too much uncertainty. There's too many clubs who are, um, you know, there's teams that probably have to play lower teams in the league and things. that You've got to take that into account. Uh, yeah. the forum. You know, Forum. Start the season might be in all sorts of trouble. You might have loads of injuries but now you've got your team back. You've got your best team for the last five, six games of the season.
0: Yeah, but, spot on. And there's, there's always a team which escapes relegation on the last day or two. There's always a team which makes a late run, getting the playoffs. You know, yeah,
1: and like, for me, there's far too many uncertainties to just say, "Right, that's it. You've won it." Um, it's either got to be, it's got to be scrapped or played, and it, it doesn't look like it's going to get played. So,
0: no. And 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 the other thing as well is like I'm not going to go into it again, but like West Ham have got a game in hand, but they're in the bottom three at the moment. If they mm-hmm. win the game in hand, they're out of the bottom three. Uh, Liverpool, and Leslie is in the live chat now, so we'll probably, me and him will start arguing again. But Liverpool haven't won the league yet, mathematically. No, so, And if they say, I don't know what their fixtures are, but say their fixtures are against Man City, Liverpool, uh, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, etc. they've still If they've still got to play all those teams, it's mm-hmm. a bit unfair to then say, oh, you've won the league because you're so far ahead. So I think yeah. it's got to be got be null and void, um, and I think they should do it as early as possible.
1: Yeah, um, I think I would agree with you, but I think it's, I think I understand why they're trying to drag it on as as, as much as you can. But yeah, I just I think it's it's probably a waste of time dragging it on.
0: Yeah, and and I got to say I will go back to something you said um, initially, which was you know we all want the season to be finished we, we'd all rather that but it's unlikely don't think it's going to happen so let's just make a decision and get it done as yeah. it were um i think that's it for the for the kind of the news and the the stories which took my took my uh, my fancy really this week it was a couple of like transfer rumours but i find them Difficult to get, like I, I do love a transfer rumor. <laughs> I love read, like I like reading about them and speculating about them. But at this time, I find it difficult to get like excited about them. Yeah. One because I feel like a lot of them are like just re, uh, re churned out because they've you know there's no news. I found that. I found and also,
1: that there's been a few stories that I've just thought it's not even a story. It's just somebody just obviously just decided they're just gonna. Refresh
0: something. It's happened. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, and you, I feel a, a lot of the time. I'm like, I read a story, and I'm like, I'm sure I read this story like a week ago, and it's just been put back out with a different yeah. headline.
1: Um,
0: um, indeed, uh, Leslie says, uh, he says, <laughs> look, Simon, it's not getting cancelled, mate. It's going to be played in July. <laughs> <laughs> you can't play. It, you cannot play it in July. For a numerous reasons, because if you play and say if you're still playing this season in July, that means you've either got to go straight into next season or you've got to move back the Euros again in the next summer because this season will still be going on. Do you see what I mean? It's never end, The the ramifications to it are too far wide. It's got to be done by. You know, you can go a little bit into the summer, but you can't still be playing in July, August, wow. because then you've got to move the start in sept- September back. Then you've got to move the Euros again. And you can't keep moving the Euros because of, you know, hotels and travel and venues and all this other stuff. Um, so I do think, I think the I think you said it, end of April, they're going to have to make a decision. And I think that's when the decision is going to have to be made. mm mm-hmm. Uh, oh there you are that's, that's, that was one rumour which I did see actually and uh, Kelly's just reminding me she said um, Bale and Ramsey to, uh, uh, to Everton apparently is the uh, Everton have got a bit of cash to spend haven't they do uh, you see that one coming off either, yeah.
1: or, bo- either or both maybe Ramsey but I can't see Bill. well a bit of practice the one thing I think which could go
0: in its favour would be Carlo Ancelotti I think he's a very yeah. respected manager
1: um, yeah.
0: and they have got a lot of money to spend yeah. so they could pay the wages and stuff. I, could, yeah, I would he, like
1: There might be a wee bit because of both of them going there as well, it might actually, it might actually help things along. But...
0: Yeah, I've said for a couple of years now, I really wanted I wanted Aaron Ramsey to go to Man United. I felt like he could go there and be a stalwart in their midfield for for years to come i felt like he was suited to the club and the way they play and it never kind of happened it looked like he was going to go there before he went to arsenal but it never kind of happened and then he went to arsenal did well really well at arsenal but i i i've always felt like he never think, got
1: the respect of the fans i think he um i think he had a chance to go i think he had a chance to go to man united as well just from rumours I heard that you you know that both clubs were in for him and he went where he ended up choosing Arsenal. Um, I think the only problem with that man was when he, he got that bad injury. It took I think it only it took him about a year to about eighteen months before he was playing back where he, he was before he actually got injured. And when that time, you know, I think he's obviously stocks and stocks and football sort of lowered a bit. And that's when he he actually came to us on loan and was unfit and he was, he was up there, he was, he was actually one of our better players during the spell when he was actually, he wasn't even at his best
0: Yeah, funny you should say that because we'll we will move on to the we're going to talk some classic football so being the professionals that we are we'll use that as a link into the first game that we're going to uh, discuss which was uh of Swansea from 2011 uh, at, at Swansea City's uh, Liberty Stadium, and um, I was looking at the Cardiff City team uh, for this for this game or this season, and uh, how we did not get promoted that year, I really just don't know, mm-hmm. um, because we had uh, for this game it was Tom Heaton, uh, Super Kev, uh, fullback Hudson, Decker, Keenan, uh, Paul Quinn, uh, Peter Whitnam God rest his soul. Uh, and Jana, Ramsey, Chopra, Bothroyd, Bellamy. What? Yeah, and then on the bench, yeah. you've got like, uh, Emmanuel Thomas and uh, John Parkin, Darcy Blake, Chris Burke, Steve McPhail.
1: Yeah, as well. I think, I think yeah,
0: wasn't that his second spell in that yeah. uh, point? Yep, his first yeah. spell. I thought he was uh, a lot better. He's one of my all time favorite kind of city mm-hmm. players, he has. We, um my oldest boy, he was like 15. Now we went on a a stadium tour when he was a baby. And then we, we were up in like Ninian park and we were going through the different places. And we were like, came into like a, like a function room or something. And Jason Kumas was in there, except Mm -hmm. he wasn't uh, like supposed to be meeting people. He wasn't there intentionally. He was just there. And then all of a sudden, all these people came through on a tour and he was a bit shell shocked. And I, Mm um, I asked him if he'd have a picture with a baby, like, and I've got this picture of Jason Kewas, and he's kind of holding my son, like, arm's length, looking a bit scared and confused. That
1: and I think like that. That used to be a bit like that with other people's kids and that, and then you have your own kids, and then you're just like, sh- chuck him up in the air. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to like Cardiff City, is uh, that team, that squad for that year was mm-hmm. so good. Um, and it's difficult to understand how we didn't go closer. I'm not sure. Would you remember where you finished in 2011? How good your memory? It was fourth, was it? finished fourth? Fourth? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, I, that's why I, I was thinking fourth or fifth. But, um, Thanks, yeah, John Casey says, uh, what a team.
1: It was, yeah, it was good. We played some good stuff. Just, we were really open, for what I remember. Just, if <laughs> we were... Uh... We didn't score when we were on top of games and we struggled because we were always looking like conceding just because we were we were wide open. Um, but we had such an attacking threat going forward.
0: Oh, God. But Bellamy, Bothroyd and Chopra in the Championship, that is about as good as you're going to get.
1: Yeah. I think the one uh, thing, the problem I think, looking back, if I was, we try to play everybody without actually just getting a team together, just putting a team out as opposed to we actually just, you know, Bellers was out in the left wing where he was not nearly as effective as he was when he was playing for Austrian through the middle. But then you've got to leave out either Jay or you've got to leave out Chops. So they were just, so good together
0: as well, weren't they? Even, you know, as, as good as as quality as Bellamy is, Bothroyd and Chopra together as a duo. Were so often so good and so unplayable that you didn't want to break them up. Yeah, um,
1: uh, that's how I ended up playing. Oliver Fajana. He was, but oh, he was class Say again. Sorry, mate. Um, that's how I ended. I ended up playing a left back a lot more when Bellas was playing front because I was, you know, I was sort of just a no-nonsense defender. I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't foraging forward at that time. So, mm. gave Bellas a wee bit more license to not worry about going back the park. Um, defending, I think. But I, I just think, just looking back at that team, I just thought we just try to cram and every we try to just play too many attacking options at times. Whereas for me, we, we just the two the two guys we were up top were enough. We should have really sorted the rest of it out, and then you know looked to have strengthened a wee bit more in front at the back. But that was that's just me looking back on it. From a hole, but we were still we were we weren't miles off it. I'm sure we we're only about four or five points off it in the end.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things, and it's sometimes you can have the best players, but you've got to have the balance right. And yeah, I think I don't from think what going on, on. going off my memory, I think we yeah, didn't have always day have the balance. I just
1: we just, we just didn't have a great balance. We just we were fairly wide open. You know, we've got wits in the centre of the park. Yeah, at that time, it was all about going forward. Uh, Beller's was always going forward when you, if you played Kumi he, he was always a bit going forward the only guy you had Sheol and Jana, was the only player in that in that team who was capable of sitting and defending but even he actually at times wanted to go forward so it was um uh, would like to Gav as well Gav again he he wants to get forward as well so yeah, it, was, it was just and Dave always played 4-4-2 so Look back, I, I would have probably changed the system.
0: But yeah, was it the black? Was it? Yeah, I wonder whether four three three would have been a good one for for the for those three up front. But yeah, four three three historically hasn't always done well in the championship.
1: It's, it's one of them. It's quite specialist to actually who you're playing in position. So like I, I think yeah, I, mentioned, and they, I, I mentioned you the sitting midfielder, I always thought Steve McPhail if it was it was ideal for him to play there. We never played that system until Malky came and then malky never played him. So um yeah. It was a shame I, I still think Cardiff never really got the best out of Steve McPhail. If you have seen him play in training and knew the ability he had, you know, you should have probably seen we went more out of marker, but I think it was just down the system we played didn't be really the supermarket at times.
0: Yeah, and that's you know, that's scary in itself because he was very, very good for Cardiff City. Yeah. Um someone who I consider one of the best midfielders we had in terms of
1: his, yeah. his I, passing I, I, ability. I still think we we could have got much more out of marker by playing him in a sort of different mm-hmm. role. But it is what it is it just the way the manager played at the time, it was the system we liked to go with. Yeah. Um who was it? Gaz
0: asked, uh, where's Jet now? Um I wanna ask you a question about Jet actually in a minute, but do you know what he's doing now? Not a clue. Not a clue.
1: It, was, what was he like? Gone. He saw It was scary ability. When he first came I thought, Wow, where's this guy like where's this guy been hiding? Because he was Oh, his feet for the size of him, strength. He reminded me of Jay actually. Jay, ready to be a lot of Jay uh, with actually, if anything, a few more tricks up his sleeve. But you know, in a game, you you would actually send out a search party to see where he was. Didn't know where he was? Just used to go missing. So,
0: just... yeah, I remember watching him the first time he played. And he, like, brought the ball down from, like, you know, like a ridiculous angle and did, like, some trick. And I thought, wow, we're going to have some player yeah And then, like you say, he just kind of
1: just never really
0: clicked. Yeah. He would do something yeah.
1: exceptional and
0: then nothing for yeah. a very long
1: time. Even in training, in small-sided, you get the measure of people in small-sided games in terms of their feet and how quick they are and how strong and stuff, so... Even in games like that, he was very good. You just um again, I just don't know, I just never really fitted into the system One, you never find but I just wanna see when he left Cardiff, I thought to myself, you know what, he's he's gonna he could be actually somebody that comes back to haunt Cardiff, but he's gonna, you know, kick on and really become a top player, but never really never really happened for him. I don't actually know where he is now.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna Google it in a minute actually and see um see if i can work out where he is um what was he like as a as a lad because he did used to get he had that very lethargic uh kind of running style very similar to the likes of like burbatov and and you know there's a couple of others lukaku to a lesser extent but they sometimes look like they're not putting the effort in um and he had a bit of a bad uh like reputation as having a bad attitude did you see anything like that or was it just he was quite laid back and sometimes just came across like that
1: no nah, i'm not sure if he was just just didn't know what to do defensively because he was, he wasn't great going back to the park I remember playing with him in front of me a couple of times he was very good going forward just just don't know if he knew how to defend really and he just never, whether he was used to be a striker or what i just Played with guys in front of us who I had Joe Mason in front of me for a while who's who's a forward. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's, <laughs> got you're, trying to, you're trying no, you're trying to sort your own game out. You've got to talk guys through games because just they're not really sure where they're meant to be. So it's hard. It's not his fault, he just doesn't know the position. So guys would run off him and you think he's being lazy, but he doesn't actually see them. He don't he's not in a position to see them or he's not in a so it's, you know, I, I, it's, it's, you can you can blame boys at times, but sometimes guys yeah. are just, they've got the awareness to see things defensively. Thing.
0: If you don't, if you've never had to do uh, any sort of defensive work or defensive job, it's difficult to know what the job is. Um, I and I think, you know, not just for J. Emmanuel Thomas, for other players, there's been players who've struggled when they've been asked to do... A defensive yeah. job but equally like you mentioned just there you had done a lot of work uh, or you were an out-and-out defender Um but then when I think was it Malky you said in the in the other show we did where yeah. that you were asked to go do, do a lot more going forward yeah which was new to you and it's different for you then isn't it
1: yeah yeah totally I was even my stamp position they want me a lot higher which really alien because I was always used to receiving the ball going forward because suddenly I'm getting the ball facing back the park and it's yeah it's become become a challenge for me it it became difficult and even there was a few times even Hud said to me just go just play your normal game because it's actually affecting you trying to do something different so it's one of those things just never under Dave it was was, I got the licence to go forward but my main job was defending. Uh, Terry Bumpman was the coach at the time, but he was, um, was big on defending. Just, you know, going forward was a bonus. Um, whereas Mark was probably the other way around. He just seemed that he, he wanted full-backs to get loads of assists and score goals. So it wasn't really... It's not really my game. Um, yeah,
0: yeah it's difficult. it must be hard then, because especially if you feel like the manager doesn't fancy you um, generally... And then yeah, you're not hard. comfortable.
1: That's hard. It's, it's, it's difficult. Hard. I used to, I used to play better over the other side of the pitch. <laughs> Even a few of the last <laughs> you would actually play better on the other side of the pitch, away from the manager. <laughs> I was thinking oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <it's, laughs> but uh <but> Malky was <laughs> like an, was an intense Mal-key was an intense character, so he was always he was like if you sat on the sidelines with Malky it's you know it's pretty, it's pretty lively. So, um... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. Quick... Um, so there's
0: there. Uh... Oh yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. There's Jason Kumas with my son there. Um, you can't really see it because it's a bit, a bit small, but he is looks absolutely petrified um, <laughs> as my little, my son, who's now fifteen, is. Uh, I just handed him to him, but uh, yeah, um, so. Uh, Kelly just uh, sent a message because I was about to google it, um, but I haven't got around to it. Jay Emmanuel Thomas is in FIFA 20. Uh, Ian David said that, and Kelly said he's playing in Thailand. Someone else is playing in Thailand who used to play for Cardiff as well, aren't they? Uh, who's that, Jay Bothroyd? Playing in Thailand? I'm not sure no, he's th- playing, he's playing
1: somewhere in Asia, but I'm not sure if it's Thailand.
0: But yeah, well, I'm glad Jay Manuel Thomas is still playing I got to say I was, I was worried saying, that he might
1: have... I was genuinely going to say he's probably over in one of these countries you know just still learning the good money and still because he's got he's quite flashy and he's got a bit of flair so um it's one of them guys.
0: Yeah, so um he went from Cardiff on loan to Ipswich for a couple of seasons then Bristol for a couple of seasons. Uh I know Bristol City fans weren't particularly impressed with him. He's only 29, which is that is incredible to me. Um, that he's only 29, like, uh, he went to Milton Keynes, um, QPR, and then he's playing in PTT Rayong. Um, so you've got J. Emmanuel Thomas, talented player. Would you yeah. say, with his ability, he should have done we like we discussed with them in the unscripted, uncensored show about yeah. J. Both Bothroyd, maybe with his ability should he have done, you know, gone on to do more after he left Cardiff? Um, do you think, Jay, Emmanuel Thomas falls into, like, a similar bracket whereby he probably should have done a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I think so. But I think players like that always, always eventually find a level. I think Um unless they develop in terms of maturing and learning a game and things like that... Um that's almost as important. This is like it's, it's a big piece of the jigsaw puzzle in becoming a good footballer. Is actually having that ability really t- to learn your your trade and how to get a wee bit better in terms of positioning and everything else that goes along with that. If you're not a worker, you need to t- suddenly become one because football actually the, the pace of games got quicker, fitness levels got higher. Um, there is there is not there's no hiding place anymore. In terms of no work rate and things like that. There's just you get monitored for every single thing, so there's just not there's not a chance you can get away with. It. So you need to have the full package these days.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um uh J playing playing in Japan. Uh, I just wanted to circle back. Uh mc messaged on YouTube. I think he's what well, because he's watching on YouTube, he can skip back to the start of the show if you miss it, whereas on Facebook or Periscope, you can't um, and he says, uh, uh, he says, Liverpool have always given back to the people. Carragher even donated a coin to Arsenal fans in the FA Cup tie. Highbury, uh, all credit to Jamie. And I, yeah, I fully, I do agree with that. Liverpool uh, have been very good with their work within the community. And I think that's why their fans were universally disappointed with the decision or the initial decision to, you know, to fill all the, the, non-playing staff. Um it, it felt as if they were taking the michael a bit. Um yeah. and you know it they could have just left it but they have rectified it so you know they they deserve credit for that as well yeah. uh for rect rectifying it after a couple couple of uh, couple of days. Um okay so back to the the classic the retro football uh talk. Uh we're on Swansea versus Cardiff from 2011. Uh it was sealed by a superb Craig Bellamy goal. Um, and Ramsey was outstanding in this game. Um I will say there was a couple of times where he tried a bit too hard. Like he got caught a couple of times trying to do too much. But I think, obviously, he'd come back on loan. I think he was so desperate to do well, particularly against Swansea, that maybe he just, uh, you know, was trying a bit too hard. But um, the goal itself... There's my unit just falling down. Um, the goal itself is superb. J. Bothroyd picks it up on the right wing, and he hold basically holds off three players, and then plays a crossfield ball to Ramsey uh, to Bellamy. Sorry, who knocks it into Ramsey, and then as Ramsey lays it off, Bellamy feints to continue his run down the wing. The Swansea fullback, you know, takes a hook, line and sinker, and then Bellamy bends a superb goal into the bottom right. Um, you played in this game, uh, I believe, you only played half, didn't you? Yeah, but that hamstring injury. was that a hamstring <coughs> injury that's unheard of. <laughs> yeah, my hamstrings are no.
1: the scene, so <laughs> yeah,
0: you know that. Um, interestingly, uh, Darcy Blake came on for you, um, and it was around this time where Wales played England and he marked Rooney out of the game, mm-hmm. and people were predicting exceptional things for him. He looked like he was going to really go on and be the next one out of the Cardiff City Academy to to do big things. Um, why do you think that didn't quite happen for him?
1: Just another one, just, just didn't have that wee bit of mental makeup. It's just the wee bit, you know, it's, it's doing the hard stuff away from the pitch. Yeah away from the 90 minutes on Saturdays, is the toughest bit and Tarsol know himself he, he actually you know he, he probably let himself down a wee bit in terms of how he worked away from the football pitch um, but he was a very good footballer very good footballer and a yeah. really good lad actually really good teammate as well
0: um, yeah I I um, I don't mean to put you on the spot asking you about all these teammates and that. I not, I'm not looking for you to like slate them or anything. I'm no. I'm not trying to get like that anything like that. I'm just I'm just interested because Darcy Blake um was very very good for Cardiff City. Um okay. and it's like good. I know I know I know people who know him and you know we they say like he enjoyed a beer and stuff. Um and maybe that was part of the problem that maybe you know he was not fully focused on you know what you should be as a professional footballer, maybe. Um, but for talent wise, I thought he was, was a
1: great, great player. I when I first came to Cardiff, he played. I'm sure it was against Stoke or somebody. Came on as a substitute in the middle of the park. I was like, "What did you see? He's a good player, isn't he? I didn't realise what he was. Sure, he was only about 18, 19 yeah, yeah. maybe." Um, well, I again. always
0: thought I always thought he was going to be a holding midfielder for us. I um because he had that. He could pick like a pass. He was quite calm on the ball. Yeah, he was very good um, in possession,
1: and he his decision making was good. You know, athletically at that age, he was very good. So, just when things started going wrong for him, I think like he it's one of these guys. I think when he got injured, it was, that was a one. Just keeping his fitness when he got injured, so he, I think he had a few injuries, and he just never ever get. you never you find if you if you don't do the hard graph when you're injured you know, you find yourself getting
0: injured again pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um Kelly just says in the in the chat, she said the worst thing he did was go to Palace um because he was, you know, he's a Valley's boy and he, he missed home. I think that's there's probably some truth in that. And I think that yeah. coupled with picking up injuries and then you know adding in maybe the difficulty away from the pitch, it all adds up. And I think if you find it difficult to to maybe Kind of focus off the pitch, move it away from your home, mm-hmm. can can sometimes yeah. be make make or break because yeah. it can it can make it it can make it better because you haven't got maybe your, your friends you've grown up with or you know whatever um, to distract you or just you know saying do you want to go and play pool or do you want to go and have a beer or whatever, but also it can make you homesick and make it worse.
1: No, hundred percent. i agree with that as well. I think Darcy was obviously the car the boy through and through so I think when Malky oh, yeah. came in, uh, he, was, he was very, Malkey wanted guys ultra fit, the body fat had to be under, yes. then had to be able to do a certain amount of runs in terms of bleak test. Malky, uh Darcy actually always fell short, just a wee, just not by much but, so he was always under the spotlight uh, when Malkey mm. was there, uh, which it's hard I told you about when Malky was, you know if you weren't any select guys in terms of you know guys who are going to be playing every week then it was tough it was really tough it wasn't it, it easy to get back in the team and it wasn't easy when you, weren't, when you weren't playing because you, Malky didn't actually want you doing a lot of work so you had to do it off your own back you had to do a lot yeah. of your own stuff off your own back um, which is its hard it's not easy doing that yourself you've got for instance, a bit of motivation for some burn. I think with us, just needed a wee bit of help at that time. But
0: he think... was young as well, and I think sometimes um, young footballers get thrown under the bus a little bit in terms of not just like how do I put this? So like sometimes young players maybe they need a bit of help to yeah. stay focused, or they need a little right. bit of help to totally agree to make the right decisions off the pitch. Totally agree. Um, they don't always need like an iron rod telling them you're not fit enough or you've got too much body fat or, you know, whatever it may be. Sometimes they need a bit of, a bit of a hug and a... Yeah, no, I like, you, I, you,
1: agree. I think there's guys who just got certain body types that just, it's difficult, very, very difficult to lose that extra bit of weight. I was lucky in terms of myself. I naturally prefer the skinny, so take a lot of work for me to lose weight so um, I know some other boys it's, it's hard work you know is a, yeah uh,
0: it's certainly who was um, who was the king of the bleep test uh, during Malky's time in the squad uh,
1: Don Don was up there I was alright I was quite good at that um, but Don Don, Don Cowie Don Cowie yeah Don the was curated. great I used to, I used to just try and run alongside Don if I could and just try to hang on his coattails and just <laughs> try and stay there to the end. I was actually when I was younger I was very good at that bleep test. Actually, I think it got me about three or four new contracts off the back of that bleep test. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: that's the that's the point. It's
1: pretty Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind it. I was all, I was alright to run. I, I went too bad. There's a few boys. It was a guy called Jonathan Meads who was the... Uh, yeah, yeah, was a young lad player. Oh my god! He's player, yeah. he was a he was a strong boy and quite big, and he, he, just, he did running with me and Chris Burke at the time were quite good runners. So me and Burkey were just like, yeah, we'll just we'll set a good pace, we'll just get into a good rhythm, won't do any daft. Then here comes Jonathan Meads of nowhere, just went. Burkey just looking like, shot nah "It's going to blow up. He's going to go. He's going to blow up." someone. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept going. <laughs> I was just like. He's a marathon runner. The can can run forever. Yeah, but nah, just there's certain guys who just took it in their stride with a runner, which is yeah, I, I never found it easy, was, but um, quite naturally. fit.
0: I was going to say you were, you know, you was you were super fit. Uh, you know, up and down that that uh, that What um. Were you there when Josh McGuinness came into the, the first team at Cardiff or just on, he was on the fringes when he was a goalkeeper when he first came in to the yeah. first team and then now, obviously now he's an international striker which is, you know it's,
1: yeah, it's, it's a great story. We couldn't write that, uh, scary. He was, actually, he was actually waiting to get released, to get released from Cardiff uh, as a goalkeeper um, but he's done a few games left of the season said look, just Scope has go up top. He used to, I think he used to be a striker. I don't know. but he was a, He's a big, strong boy. He's got no bad... He's got right feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he went up front. He scored quite a few goals. So they said, I'll give you a year as a striker. Um, and he found himself just occasionally coming in to train worse. And he just... He held it up well. Was, you know, he was so raw. But he just... He just won all the, every header. And he was... You know, he was a handful. And he... You know, he, he ran channels. He just did things. He was always he was a grafter as well and he was, he was actually a good lad, He's a funny boy, he was I like his mince, but he was hmm. just, oh, but, yeah, so at one stage he was actually a substitute goalkeeper against Liverpool in the cup on the bench for us and then, now he's a, um, wow. he's just international, international striker for International
0: striker. And, you know, he's probably got a, a very, I think he's got a very good record for Northern Ireland but he's really? uh, probably got a good chance getting up there in terms of, you know, record amount of goals. I doubt he'll break the record, I don't think. But, you know, he'll be up there because they haven't did, you know, over the years, Northern Ireland
1: have not scored yeah. that Man, many goals. He's He's been a striker um, in the most successful sort of year so, so, you know, it's quite scary, really. Yeah, he's got a good chance.
0: Good chance. Um, Peaches says... Um, she says, I love Philip Kiss. And I said, well, Peaches, if you love Philip Kiss, then the show for you is Unscripted and Uncensored with Kevin McNaughton and myself, which came out this morning, is available on YouTube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation and all uh, the usual podcasting and radio apps because uh, Kevin talked in detail about Philip's ability to tackle or lack of, whichever way you look at it, um, we talked about many other things. It was a very fun show. Kevin drank his red wine dry, and I asked the questions the people had set, and it was uh, it was good crack, good crack. Um, so, uh, let's just finish off on this Cardiff Swansea game. Like I said, Ramsey very very good. Uh, Bothroyd had a good game. Bellamy scored a cracker. Oliver Jana, one of the most underrated players that season, was superb. Kevin McNaughton. Hamstring injury. Very disappointing. Against Swansea as well. Um, Swansea had, you know, some good players there. Ashley Williams, Angel Rangel, Dyer, Sinclair, uh, Joe Allen. Yep. You know, they had a good, good side. Not as good as Cardiff, though. Um, but it was a bit, very entertaining... I watched the highlights again. And it was a very entertaining game. Uh, we started well and we finished well, and then Swansea came into it in the middle middle of the game. But Jay Bothroyd missed an absolute sitter thirty five seconds into the game. Yeah, which in you know in the those those couple of seasons he was scoring those type of chances for fun. Yeah, and then uh, he just dragged it all sorts of wide, and you know that could have been a game changer. You know, thirty five seconds in is uh is a, is a yeah. big one. What? Um, What do you remember about that this game?
1: I just I remember the, we had a couple of chances at the start of the game. I think Jobs was offside as well. Um, hits the post. Um, we started. I was like I said to you before. We were quite a, a quite an open team. So I always felt when we were on top of the score, and we didn't we didn't score early on. So just we were always likely to concede a chance or two. So it's just one of them things. I, I was just i pulled up a hamstring injury about five minutes before half time. Um I just I couldn't I couldn't run the second half, so I just came off. Um but uh, what I remember the second half was know, yeah, it was itchy really towards the end of the game we actually started coming back into it a bit and then yeah, it was just a great strike. It just, it just that was the only thing that was missing from us on the game. It was just the final end product and No, Bellas, To be fair, play him. It was some strike. Actually, I I didn't see it from behind the angle before, and the way he actually hits it, it doesn't really curl it. He actually smashes it, hits it with the laces, and actually it bends with the laces, which is it's pretty tough to do.
0: Oh yeah, and um, Darcy Blake also hit the post uh, towards the end of the game as well. Um, He had a very good game actually coming on for you. Um. Yes, uh, so some of our other classic games. I wonder if we can work out who selected this next game. Uh, so we had it's from nineteen seventy-seven, and the the final score was is the played at Wembley, and the final score was uh, England one, Scotland two.
1: I wonder who picked that one?
0: Yeah, I know, know, but uh, so tell me about this game, then, mate. Tell me about this game.
1: Well, no, it's, it's famous for the main reason it's famous is because Scotland ran on the pitch and just completely wrecked the place, <laughs> broke the
0: goals. Is that the one? Sorry to interrupt you. Is that the one where the goals got broken and oh, uh, broken. The nets got ripped down and stuff?
1: The pitch got cut up. There's people stole bits of the park and ended oh, up having souvenirs draped across Scotland. Bits of Wembley in the back garden, people were like cutting holes and just putting them plopping a bit of Wembley back in their, their own garden.
0: Oh wow. Yeah, because Scotland yeah, were, uh...
1: back then Scotland were the better side. So they were expected actually to come down and win And every time well, they had... the game was played at Some half, every time the game was played at Wembley, Scotland had a bigger support at the game. So if you watch the highlights of the game, that right? you'll, hear, you'll hear the support for Scotland's a lot louder.
0: That is England oh, is that like They had some team though Scotland in 1977
1: Dalgleish Who
0: else was in there? Souness was it?
1: Yeah Danny McGrain. <sighs> wicked wicked
0: team um, It's interesting though isn't it Because like you said there Scotland were actually expected to win Yeah But You know it's been so long For people like myself And uh, that's been the case. So it's difficult for me to imagine that being the case. I've just lost my bubble. Oh, I'm gonna have to my hair's gonna have to stay down, which I don't like. Um yeah, it's interesting because like since I've been alive, it's swan, you know, uh, Scotland have always been the underdogs in, in this game. So watching it and, and hearing the crowd be so loud and and Scotland play some awesome football, some real, real good quality it wasn't like a smash and grab like perhaps what you'd expect now yeah. it was proper we were control football of
1: the game. yeah they were in control of the game just a good like, quality throughout their team even though that, that sort of year I was Scotland will look back and just think of chances missed really more than anything else when they actually had probably one of the best teams in the world back then yeah. Mm. so yeah but nowadays it's slightly different
0: who's your favorite scottish player of all time
1: um i think growing up i, was a, I was a fan of paul mcstay when i was younger um i don't know really Who i was him?
0: always a big fan of archie gamel exactly. I I, um...
1: yeah just to be before my time i remember watching my Scotland and uh John Collins as well. That sort of era the uh, France ninety eight was it I think. France ninety eight. Scotland's, yeah. anyway. Scotland, Scotland's last tournament anyway. Scot Scotland the last tournament they qualified for, I think France ninety eight. Um so that team likes of John Collins. You had I think mm-hmm. who else. Striker wise, it was just like and yeah, jury and guys like that. So but I I like John Collins. He was he was playing at Monaco at the time and he was he was probably he was at the top of his game, so he was good, good left peg.
0: Yeah, he's an exceptional footballer um yeah. in in very you know many ways. He was very, very good. Yeah. Um so let's talk about the game a little bit. I've got a I watched the highlights and got a little bit of a write up, but my memory's rubbish, so I'm going off memory. Uh, but, you know, England had a great time. They had Ray, Ray Clements in goal. You know, it's been really mm-hmm.
1: good football. Yeah, they didn't have a bad team. have just done on paper Scotland with a better team. Um, it's, it's quite famous for a few comments that John Watson made after the game as well when uh, when he's talking about Scottish supporters. This is, when Scottish fans run onto the pitch, he says, oh, this is so very Scottish. Take classic. <laughs> so I take it back. <laughs> to be from Scottish
0: people, um, so very Scottish. Um, Gaz wants to know where were you in 1979, and did you break the goals? Uh, 77. Sorry, not 79.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no you'd have only been. You'd have only been a, what, only been a nipper what, what, anyway. What, 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 we were before my time, but my dad was quite into showing me a lot of old Scotland games and you know showing S- Scotland when they were you know really good team. So uh, we used to live off past glories really, so, to be honest with you. Until um, that well, was,
0: it's uh, like Wales, mate. That isn't it because we took so long, we never qualified for a for a major tournament before 2016. Um, before that, it was like 1950 or something, and so we had to live off like past glories and yeah. close shaves and stuff like that. Um, it's what you've got to do if you've never if you haven't had the, the the glories and the the winning, you've just got to, yep, got to go with where you've got to go. Um,
1: I, did look at, I did look at a different game, I was actually going to look at um, I think it was Scotland v Wales at Ninian Park. Yes. One all, I think Jock Steen passed away that game. Was, um, yeah. To look at that, I did think about talking about that game, but um, I went for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a
0: tough one, that, that one. Yeah, uh, a, victory,
1: a victory for Scotland against the old enemy. So,
0: Yeah, um, and so a couple of people had uh, suggested. Well, after, after I announced these games, uh, a couple of people asked for Scotland versus England from Euro 96. So, yeah, no, I think no. a few England, England fans have asked for that in response no. to you picking this. It did. But...
1: See that text message <laughs> you sent me, that actually just got deleted straight away when you said that. I said you fancy <laughs> <watching> that one. <laughs>
0: completely
1: got swerved. There was no way I was sitting watching. Mm. I broke my heart that game. I was actually in tears at that game. So were you? Oh, yeah. Brutal that was for a Scotland fan. So we played well, we we're in the game. And just give yeah, magic, well. point.
0: The magic missed man,
1: the missed the penalty as well. So, yeah, it was brutal. Who missed that penalty? Gary McAllister. Ball moved as he went to kick it.
0: He's how many times he probably the only penalty he ever missed.
1: And Yuri yeah. Geller said after the game it was him that moved the ball with his mind. <sighs> So Yuri Geller's not on the Christmas list either.
0: Yeah, he's not popular in Scotland.
1: No, um, I was
0: just looking at the team which Scotland had, like uh, Gordon McQueen, Kenny Dalglish, Adam Rowe, uh, Alan Rowe, Ruff Rowe, Ruff. I don't know what he was like, How you pronounce that? Danny McGrain, oh, no. Willie Willie Donachie. Uh, Danny,
1: McGrain, very very good. Danny McGrain, right back for Celtic was one. My dad talks about him constantly. Says one of the best players he's ever watched. So he,
0: Unbelievable, Bruce Bruce Rioch, quality player.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, but yeah, it was a a good game. Uh, Gordon McQueen and Kenny Doug scored. Yeah, Uh, Joe Jordan also adds as well. Uh, Archie Gemmell and Lou McCarry on the bench. Uh, Kenny Doug and Gordon McQueen scored for Scotland. Mick Channon scored for England with a consolation penalty in the last couple of minutes. Um, but I mean, looking at the England team, they had a couple of good players, but nowhere near the the depth which they've had before and since. Yeah. Um, so their team was Ray Clements, Phil Neal, Mike uh, Mick Mills, Brian Greenhoff, Dave Watson, Emlyn Hughes, Trevor Francis, uh, Mick Channon, Stuart Pearson, Brian Talbot, and Ray Kennedy. So like you know, Trevor Francis, first million pound player, Emlyn Hughes, very good, uh, Ray Clements, excellent. And then McChannon, obviously, as well. And then the rest of them, there's a few yeah. journeymen in there and a few, you know, not 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 nah. so good.
1: The thing with that, though, as well, though, that Scotland, I don't think, had won at uh, Wembley for about, I think it was about 10 years uh, mm. before that game as well. So that's what, again, Scotland expecting a victory came down in the thousands, really. And it was, um, yeah, it became a bit of an after-party.
0: Yeah, it was in the uh, the British Home Championships as well.
1: Yeah, um, when that it was... It was yeah, I think if... I'm not sure what would have happened if it had been a draw or Scotland lost. I think either went to Wales or went to England, one or the other. I you don't
0: know. Mm. Uh, Ian wants to know what you're drinking.
1: I've just... Uh, I'm on the dregs of what's left in my fridge, so I've just went from a beer to now on to Copperberg, which I'm not a big fan of, but it's just what's there, it's what is available at the moment. You know, tough times. Indeed. Um, So,
0: the other games that we selected to watch, there was uh, the 2004 League Cup final, which was uh, Borough versus Bolton, but um, I think I might save that one I don't know. I was thinking of saving that one for Andy because Wait, Burra yeah. had, I
1: think Andy Burra, more in depth knowledge on that than I do. Yeah,
0: and um, and obviously Burra haven't won that many tournament uh, t- trophies over the
1: years. So I think he might That's like to, to relive it. That's the only one, but they have won the champ the championship.
0: Not sure. No, I think they I don't think they have. That was the they first,
1: came to... as far as I know, that was a, one of the first ever trophies, as in first ever cup or
0: yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll save that one for Andy for next week. Um, I did think about doing it anyway because obviously you had a stint at Bolton, um, but Bolton lost as well. So yeah, yeah. We don't want to. Uh, don't want to put you through it. Well, did you enjoy your time at Bolton?
1: I did the first spell, but the second spell just didn't play, and it was it was actually it was sort of hell on earth for me because I wasn't playing, I wasn't really travelling, I was just sitting in the stands, it was just. And yeah, that's how
0: frustrating is that for a player because I know, like, sometimes it's all right 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 if
1: you can get if you're allowed to leave or if you can get away, but I couldn't get away, I was tied in to the end of the season, so I was just in limbo. So, yeah, it became hard, I didn't enjoy it.
0: To players like how does it affect players when they're not playing um, and they're just traveling to watch in the stands? Does that get frustrating? Because I know, you know, sometimes players get criticised for not caring if they play or if they don't and, you know, not giving two hoots either way. But I'd imagine that it would be really frustrating and I'd imagine that it would get me down after a while.
1: Yeah, I didn't enjoy it because i have been lucky enough that, you know, I'd been in around the first team since I was 17. been I mean, the longest spell, I think I went about playing maybe about four or five games um, on the bench. So, um, yeah, up until that point, it was tough. So, the reason I left Cardiff really was to get games. So, um, yeah, so to be sitting, sitting in the stand, I mean, I'd have been been happier at Cardiff sitting in the stands and it would have been a, a boat, you know. So, travelled, took all my family up there as well, which was a bit of an upheaval. so.
0: Just yeah, it's, it's not uh, it's not close either, is it? To Cardiff, yeah. like, it's a bit yeah. of a trek.
1: Yeah, it was, hard. It was tough. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it at all, especially, you know, the, then I, I got myself back with the team and then I broke my leg. So it was just like... Nasty. Yeah. So, didn't end um,
0: no. Uh No. Okay, and then the final game, which we're going to discuss uh so guys if you want to ask kev any questions and stuff drop them in the in the comments on facebook twitter or you, uh, youtube and then we'll go through them at the end uh, the final classic game which we're going to discuss today is the 1999 champions league final between bayern munich and man united um do you remember where you were when this game yeah. was on
1: it was at my dad's house cuz my dad of a Man U fan, um, I like watching Man U when I was younger, I always watched them in Europe, um, I think it was, I would have just been coming, I would have came back down from Aberdeen where I was in the youth team I think, so I'd have been staying at my mum and dad's for about three or four weeks, so we just sat there with my dad watching it, um, we both kind of, we wanted Man U to win so we were just kind of it's not happening for them because i remember the game the man you actually played alright for a spell i think first half uh, just never ever looked like scoring though it was just always sort of getting to the final third and things break down so just looked like they were just it was just they were running out of time and then obviously i think bayern get some unbelievable chances towards the end of the game they hit the bar i think they hit guy dinks one off the post um just just think to yourself, you might get a chance here. might get the one chance. Um, they get two. They <laughs> take both of
0: them. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it, where there comes a point where you just think this might be their day. And it's funny how that works, where yeah. Ryan just kept missing these chances. And they'd add, obviously, Bayern had had, it was quite a lucky goal at the early on in the game, but it was so early in the game that, it gave United a long time to recover. Um, but they, you're right, they never really looked like... It was one of those frustrating games if you're a Man United fan. because Man, you played all right.
1: Yeah, it we not really t- towards the end of the game where they actually looked threatening um, because Bayern defended really well. I can remember that as well. But we actually defended really well for the majority of the game because, was it Cole New York? Cole New York up top, who were on fire. Um, but that... The, oh. Yeah, all
0: season, the four strikers for Man United had just been ridiculous, hadn't they? Um,
1: And the
0: thing is, they'd done this all year, you know, scoring one or two goals in the last two, three, four minutes all season. And that that season, Um, you know, they did it for years, but like that particular season when they won the treble, they just kept doing it. Like they'd be one, they'd be one nil down with 10 minutes to go and they'd end up winning 2-1 constantly. And it was just, you know, and Bayern, like I say, just missed so many chances, particularly towards the end of the game. You just felt like United would get one chance just yeah. to get that equaliser, and you feel that if you get the team gets the equaliser, they'll probably go on and win it because it'll take the stuff, took the stuff in out of Bayern completely. Um, so I watched this. I was in the Ryder Arms pub uh, with all my mates, and we just having a few beers, and it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um because I remember watching it and the thing which always strikes me when I rewatch it is the same thing which struck me then is when the first goal goes in, the Bayern players look they just look gone, yeah. Distraught. And it's like there's still like at least a few minutes to go of injury time and whatnot. And that's the first goal. Obviously, when the second goal goes in, they don't even want to kick off. But Know. It was a ma- people forget it was a massive, uh, like you know, like United hadn't won the yeah, Champions no, League no. before. Uh,
1: yeah, scared. But
0: it was it was also the same for for Bayern. They hadn't won. I don't know if they'd never won the Champions League or they'd hadn't won it for a, such a long oh, time. I think they'd,
1: would they would not been in the final year before as well or something like that, but yeah, they'd but... lost
0: the season before, so there was a lot on it for them. Um, yeah. So psychologically, when they were you know one 0 up. And there's that famous clip of um, I think it's oh, what's the blonde Sorry. midfielder? Oh no! When he, the blonde midfielder, when he goes to take the corner, yeah. and then um, Effenberg, might be, yeah. he, um, he like he celebrates to the crowd, think as if he thinks you know it's all over, they've won, and then you know five minutes later it's, it's all it's over. Not today. No. Have you ever had a game like that where you've thought you've had it in the bag and then within minutes you've lost? Or what's the biggest comeback you've been on the the, the wrong side of, should I say?
1: Been 3-0 up and drew 3-0.
0: Been 4-0 up and drew 4-0. I was going to say, sure. did you play in that Peterborough game when Cardiff okay. 4-0? I came,
1: I came off at half-time but 4-0. Um, again, guess what Guess what was wrong with it? Ham, hamstrings. Yep. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I watched the carnage unfold from the sidelines, but it was a uh, scary Painful viewing. But they'd like lost it, they had a great chance at poor all. Uh, 4 all. Scary. Four. Especially at home. They just had a bit of momentum. They were good, they were actually a good goal scoring team, but they just you can see the goals as well, obviously. Um but even still, we shouldn't have shouldn't have lost that. No,
0: shouldn't have. No, you can't be throwing away a four 0 lead, can you? Um, at at any level, um, of course. Uh, Solskjaer and Sheringham with the equaliser and and winner respectively. Many a famous scene and uh, commentary quote from this particular game. Um, Fergie was loving it. I've um, never seen him so excitable. Uh, it was just it was one of those one of those games where you just remember where you were yeah. when you watched it. It's just one of I them, isn't it? I was out. actually
1: jumping about the living room, you know, my dad's mm. house. My dad was going mental. You know, was, even my mum came through and was like, What's going on? And when you fact when
0: you factor in that Paul Scholes and Roy Keane were both suspended, it does make it even more remarkable. Yeah, it was because I
1: remember I'm sure Blonkfest or someone was on the pack. I remember seeing yeah. him coming off. I was thinking to myself, what was he actually doing on the pitch? Never mind coming off. Yeah,
0: uh, Ronnie Johnson started ahead because Henningberg was injured, mm-hmm. uh, and you had, like I say, Skulls Keane, both suspended, and like particularly in Keen's case, Keen had been so influential that season, Keane was especially brilliant. in the in the Champions One League event.
1: performances I watched on the telly was him against Juventus. I remember that, just thinking. Unbelievable,
0: that game. One of the greatest performances I've ever seen by any player that was against Juventus. Yeah. When you consider that, I think it's after about 20 minutes, he knows that he's out of the final regardless.
1: It's quite scary, actually.
0: Yeah, it's it is just... It's one of those things, I suppose. But like to have that mentality, like we talked in the Unscripted and Uncensored show, about mentality right. uh, for young players, yeah, And, you know, Roy Keane mentality To be able to drag your team as a captain You know, just even without being suspended To be able to do it But to be able to do it after being, you know Yellow carded after 15, 20 minutes Knowing you're not going to play yeah. To be able to put all that aside And drag your team through is
1: it takes, Yeah, it takes something special to do that You know, even affects the best players at times, you know remember even Gazcoin, I think, was it Gazcoin broke down people, in tears? Yeah, uh, he struggled
0: with it, which is not easy. But- yeah, Gary Lineker was there's that famous thing in there where Gary Lineker says to the bench, um, what's he say? I can't remember what the word is. He says something like he's lost it or something to the bench, yeah. it's Gaz is crying. And obviously, the the strange thing with that clip is you're watching it, if you just focus the cam when the camera's just focused on Gaza is you'd think it's the end of the game. Yeah, no. It's not. It's like yeah. in the middle of the game. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a thing to go. I think they're down at that point, but I'm not sure. That, that the game they won the penalties, the loss some penalties.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Um I think it was. They, uh, there's been many, a many, many a penalty loss, so it's difficult to differentiate. Um yeah. But, yeah, I think they, they think they did live on... Live, um, uh, lose on penalties. Uh, so we had a couple of questions then. Um, so guys, we're going to be finishing up in a minute. So if you have got any questions, get them in now quick and we'll go through them as, uh, as we finish. Um, let's just have a look. Peaches wants to know, uh, have you ever had a fight on the pitch or witnessed a fight or scrap on the pitch? I had a, I had a fight when I
1: was younger. tat just... tat. Uh first ever sending off just because it's like a proper rival game. We were used to play with team Celtic Boys. Um don't know why you just the guy kicked his off the ball and I just turned round and volleyed them proper, volleyed them. Uh yeah. panting ass sort of style. Um so I got I got sent off for you know sent off for doing something. You know, I went, went for a shove or one of them, you know. I think it actually, you know. It was a proper standing off. Yeah, it was a proper standing off. Probably a double red, to be honest with you, but no. Going to do it, do it. Yeah, you might as well do it properly. Yeah, so I did fights on the pitch. Mm. Did you ever had, like, a teammate
0: lose it? Like Yeah. Like, lose right.
1: it on the pitch. Yeah. That, that's, again, where I, where I grew up was... The, the nicest, it was a pretty rough sort of scheme so um, the team I played for we were all quite hardy guys so uh, one of my players got sent off um, it was a Scottish Cup game so we were through in Glasgow which added to the sort of spice of it um, so he got sent off but during the game he ran back on the pitch, started fighting with the guy he was fighting with so he got sent off again then, about 10 minutes later, ran back on the pitch again and started fighting with the ref. We got sent oh. off. off for the third time. We got three red cards. Um, yeah, that was pretty special, that one. I've seen a guy for the opposition team who there was a gang waiting for him. <laughs> there was a gang waiting for him <laughs> around the pitch. And I'm no joking, right? He's... He's kicked the ball in for a a cross and he's just ran straight to his car. (laughs) (laughs) He's run down the wing, whipped the ball in, and just ran straight to his car. He has gone (laughs) because there was people waiting to batter him after the game. When (laughs) I was, um,
0: when I was about must have been about 14 or 15, so a long time ago, we played uh for Penturk. I played against uh Buttown in the Cup away And um, there was like There's like a wall Going along the pitch um Like I think it's by train tracks or something And there's graffiti all over the wall And then on the other side you had like high rise flats And then all around the pitch There was just kids Ranging from like 8 To like 18, 19 And I'm like this scrawny 15 year old from like radar Playing football, thinking I'm going to get this fair game, and there was kids behind the goals, like teenagers, just flowing a thrick, uh, fl- throwing a flick, a throw a flick knife at the goalkeeper at our goalkeeper's feet, and I was just like, "Yeah, not really interested in uh, in no. playing, fo- playing football." Like we, I think we won as well. I think we might have won one nil or something, but that was like about as intimidating as you could get for a for, you know, for kids like. What was the most intimidating atmosphere you've ever played in?
1: Um, first, first game at Parkhead was difficult. Um, I, didn't play, I didn't play well that game. We got battered by a very good Celtic team, and it was just, it was just like a cauldron. First ever experience of a massive stadium like that full, so it was like very intimidating. Someone you get used to, I think something you just suddenly just walk out into and just think this is it, but um it took a bit of getting used to playing in that sort of atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, John. Definitely. Go on, man. Yeah, that was, I mean, that, probably the best atmosphere I played under as a set part. And then in fact, park was good because it was old school, yeah. it was on top of you. Yeah, that was good because it was obviously good the home, times, home so. um, Yeah. So that that was that was good. Uh, John
0: Casey says, uh, "What are your ambitions as a coach going forward, and who would you most like to manage?" You answered that question in the unscripted and uncensored show. So, really, I should stop you from answering it just to make people listen to the other show, but I won't because I'm nice. Yeah, no,
1: it's, just, I'm at, it's just at the early stages of coaching, so I'm still <laughs> I'm still learning the trade. Um, so now nah, I'm just I'm coaching younger players at the moment. The um, so plan is just to keep doing that for the time being, and then get the rest of the coaching badges done. And then if there's any opportunities that arise, then I'll I'll go for it. Stamp but um, that. I think it's still early days in terms of coaching. I'm not. I'm somebody who believes you need time. You need to learn that as well. Yeah, I took a leaf out of Craig Bellamy's book in terms of starting with younger ages and, you know, try to work your way up to, till you get to a point where you're, you think you're capable of taking a top, a bigger bigger club.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have you, Bellamy, pretty much anyone than Neil Harris as kind of seat manager, I've got to be honest. But that's just my opinion. I know not everyone agrees, Um but there we go uh i thought it's so another question before we finish uh john casey says i played their character building um i don't know if he's referring to the one you said or if he's referring to the one i said um about in town. but yeah um okay anyone else got any more questions going once going twice Just give him a second. Um, So, Kev, tell the people where they can find you on social media, Butown. Yeah, John Casey just said about Butown. Um, Yeah, it's a a character-building place indeed, John, it is indeed. A lot of fun, though, looking back on it. Um, Yeah, Kev, tell the people where they can find you on uh, social media.
1: Um, Twitter feed is Kev, at Kev McNaughton, I think. Uh, Instagram is Kev. Seven, MCN17 I think it is, MCN17 sure
0: it is, 100% I love the fact that you don't know it is
1: nah, uh, that's, that's not, <laughs> really, um, not one for dishing out my Sophie <laughs> <Stop>. no, no. <laughs>
0: um, also guys check out uh, Kev's art on his website which I wrote down and I've now forgotten so I'm going to bring it up now quickly um, but his art is superb uh, and you can buy prints of it from his website is very, very good. Um, you can also, I encourage you to check out the sponsors of the show Away Day Apparel, uh, especially for listeners and viewers of Ace Podcast Nation. If you use the code AA Podcast Nation, all in lowercase, you get 10% off all orders. Uh, they've got a lot of new, new t shirts and new, uh, new hats and stuff in there at the moment, uh, which they've recently brought in, and they've got a lot of new stuff coming later in the year. Uh, check out all um because uh, they've got some great designs from their head of design, which is uh, A.D. Wollaston, who has uh, designed for some of the biggest designers in the world. Um, David Clewellyn asks, who pulled the pin on the fire extinguisher? Kev
1: or Quinn? I, did. I pulled the pin... I don't know where he's got the story
0: from. Guy, guy knows everything.
1: Yes, it was me who pulled the pin, but I did not spray the fire extinguisher.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it was it was Kev, um, and he said, "Where did people get the get the get the story from?" Uh, so you may as well, seeing as you've admitted to to pulling the pin, you may as well tell everyone else the full story now.
1: After yeah okay, um, pre-season. So the last night we got to have a beer. Um, so with, I think Tom Heaton was renowned for not really going on last nights out. So he ended up going home pretty early. So just so happened his door was left still it was still open. So me and Paul Quinn went into the room just to annoy him basically, but. Connie's found this extinguisher, and he's thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go in here and get my
0: extinguisher.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Connie is proper trying to (laughs) doesn't know how to work it, and he's just like (laughs) (laughs) shaking it, pulling all the buttons. Everything's just not happening. It's not happening for him. But i just spotted the pen, and I'm just. (laughs) <laughs> and then the next minute Quinny was just but one, it wasn't one of them gas canisters, it was sand so uh, the, the whole room no. the whole room is was like the Sahara Desert by the time
0: Quinny's oh, yeah. uh, no I bet they were not happy
1: nah so uh, I don't know if I was culpable for just <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't take what blame. I didn't take you pulled... it. oh did you not nah I said I was there but I never and I was I never did anything and then Bungle who that was Tom's nickname yeah uh, he said Kevin you pulled the pin and shouted grenade at the top of your voice so I think you were involved <laughs> <laughs> so grenade yeah, yeah basically so that was my
0: oh, that is a classic story. Well done, and well done. Thanks for sharing that, and well done, D. Uh, Die, for asking the question.
1: How did he find that? How did he find out though? That is the secret that was going to my yeah. grave,
0: <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, Di knows everything. Um, so uh, I said about Kev's uh, website for his art, I've just put that across the bottom of the screen now. Uh, check out his art, it's excellent, you can also buy prints uh, You could check out my unscripted and uncensored show with Kev and many other people including Roderick Giggs, uh, Jack Shaw, Brett Johns, uh, Graeme Cavanagh, Paddy the Paddy Pimblet All sorts of people um, We've also got previous shows with Gavin Ray, uh, Graeme Cavanagh, Johnny Owen um, I can't even think of them. So many, so many shows with all sorts of different people, fighters, footballers, all sorts. Um, you could check out the video versions at youtube.com slash ace podcast nation. If you could subscribe while you're there, then that'll be amazing for us because that helps us uh, continue to grow. And it is the best way to support the channel and the shows. Audio versions, all the usual places, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts, etc. And, uh, I will be back next week. I don't know who I'll be with yet, though. It might be Kev. might be Andy Campbell. I think Andy's returning. Maybe it will be both of them. Who knows? Who the hell knows? But uh, thank you, Kev, for joining me. Thank you for jumping in for uh, for Andy again. I know he appreciates it as well. And uh, I appreciate it, certainly. And thank you for sharing that story at the end. I, I like that. That was a good one. I'm, that that see, took me by surprise. That did. That did, Took me by surprise. You pulled the pen. Oh. <laughs> we did two hours of unscripted and uncensored the other week. And you didn't have that look of surprise in the whole two hours.
1: Nah, quite Even after
0: drinking a bottle of red wine, nah. Die comes in at the end of the show, asks one question, and you went white as a sheet. <laughs>
1: I was getting away with that. I
0: thought that was another. <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I might clip that and put it out. But if you'd rather I didn't, I mean, is that, I mean, I gotta say, whether I clip it or not, it's out there now. Anyway. <laughs> totally this there. is this is live, so it probably doesn't matter um, yeah. whether I clip it or not. But if you'd rather we, I didn't, I won't. Um, Ian says good show, and uh, yeah, guys, we'll be back next Monday, seven thirty. Whether it's one of us, two of us, three of us. We'll definitely be back. 7.30. Uh, New shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday this week. Uh, So we've got a WrestleMania review tomorrow. Wednesday, Danny Batten MMA show. And then we'll have another show Friday. And then uh, The Boot and the Limp Friday, which is our uh, adult-only comedy podcast where we uh, have an X-rated and light-hearted look at the world and the news and everything around it. We exchange jokes Myself and stand-up comedian Barry Phillips. And then Sunday, the main event of the week, My Story, Episode 3, with former WBO world champion Robbie Regan. Uh, Kevin, thank you for joining me, my friend. I'm sure you'll be back on soon. And, uh, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for all the comments and the views and the people. I appreciate you all. And uh, we will see you next Monday. Andy Campbell, it's in! Campbell comes off the bench to be a hero, a superhero! Breakthrough, it's taken a while, but it's been worth the wait for Carnage City! Sports Social Podcast Network